Welcome to the Expedition Marriage Podcast. We're Chris and Jamie Bailey. We're married, we're Christian counselors, and we're marriage coaches. We're here because we want to help you have what we have, a God-centered, fun, connected marriage filled with friendship and laughter. And we know what God has done for us, and we trust that He can do the same thing for you. So, no matter where you're at in your marriage, join us as we share biblical truth, practical tips, and lots of laughs along the way. Get ready, because we're going to help you. Enjoy the journey. Today's episode is a special one. We got to sit down with Dr. David Clark. He's a Christian psychologist, a speaker, podcaster, YouTuber, and he's authored 15 books, and he holds two seminary degrees. So he is the cream of the crop in this field. And we're gonna be talking about his latest book, Enough is Enough, and it's really geared towards narcissistic and abusive marriages. And so if you're not sure if you're in one, if you know you're in one, or you know somebody else who's in one, you're gonna wanna tune in because you've gotta hear what he has to say. Dr. Clark, we are so excited to have you on our podcast. You are such a speaker of truth Mm -hmm. and wisdom, and Mm -hmm. we so appreciate the work that you're doing. And we know today's episode is going to be for so many women that really need to hear this message that you have about narcissistic marriages Mm -hmm. and abusive marriages. And so we are so grateful that you're joining us here today. Well, thanks for having me, Chris and Jamie. Appreciate it very much. I appreciate your ministry. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And Chris and I were talking the other day and there was a verse that we thought of and I'm like, this is Dr. Clark. This is the verse that reminds me of him and it's Proverbs 27, 6 and it's wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. And you are such a solid truth speaker and you are somebody yeah. as a believer, as a follower of Christ who is willing to say the hard things mm-hmm. And I know your entire ministry is kind of based around that, about, you know, being the one I'm willing to stand up and advocate for you and tell you the hard stuff and what you need to hear for the betterment of your life. And I think, you know, you've got your book, Enough is Enough, which is what we're going to talk about today. And it's a step-by-step plan to leave an abusive relationship with God's help. And what I love is like leaving your abusive husband or leaving your husband, it feels so unbiblical. Mm -hmm. It it feels like it's the wrong thing to do. But you say this on so many occasions, how you will never tell a couple to get divorced. And I think, and so this is not like your book is not, here's the divorce plan. It's really, here's the best shot you have at healing a broken marriage, right? Can you talk about that a little bit? Oh yeah, it's exactly right. If you've got a bona fide abuser, I mean a dirtball, mm-hmm. someone who's slowly destroying you and your children, then you do need to leave. It's a secret plan, as you know, in the book, Chris and Jamie. Mm-hmm. Um, but that protects you and the kids. And from a position of distance and safety, we give that abuser a golden opportunity, probably his last, to repent, change, spend seven or eight months working on his issues. That's biblical, too. We give him an opportunity. That's mm-hmm. God's grace. Mm-hmm. If he does not respond, and very few will, but some will, five to eight percent, well, then that's biblical. I've seen some wonderful cases where that guy got it and he worked really hard and he made the changes and they're happily married now. Not many, but some. Right, right. And you want to know that earlier rather than later. (laughs) You know, I have, my parents were in a very, and it was my stepfather and my mom in a very unhealthy marriage for 30 years. And my stepfather died and my mom's greatest regret was never leaving him 
was settling for 30 years of her life mm-hmm. for this marriage that mm-hmm. was never going to go anywhere. And it was just such deep pain for her to go through. Yeah, this way, you know, you've done everything you can do. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and in my experience, I'm sure in yours too, if you got a real bona fide abuser, the only way they're going to change is by when you leave him. That's right. I was telling a lady just earlier this morning, I said, I've said this to thousands of ladies. When you leave your man, uh, and, and he knows you're done with him unless he makes these changes. What he does at that point will tell you all you need to know. Mm. He'll either get it done, love the Lord, break, repent, King David, sackcloth and ashes, win you back, or he'll turn on you like a snake. Mm. And, yes. and he'll blame you and character assassin. Okay, well, that, okay, that's revealing. I've got my answer. Yeah, that yeah. is your answer. But it's about listening to it. (laughs) It's about believing the actions and believing what they're doing, because they'll Mm -hmm. say in that process a whole lot of empty words as well. And they'll woo themselves right back and there will be no change whatsoever. That's exactly right. So many ladies, they're they're kind, they're generous, they're sweet, they're codependent, and and they'll Mm -hmm. let the guy back. He's done nothing different. He's talking. And then the rug is jerked again. Oh, no. man, keep him out until you know. Of course, I, these ladies have to do their own healing. Yeah, they've right. Got, oh, yeah. They've got five, six, seven months of healing from what's happened, getting out of the codependency and moving forward with the Lord. And then, then we give him an opportunity to change. But make sure he's got it. Mm-hmm. I'll say he's out. If it looks like five, six, seven months, he's really got it. And, and all the people around him are saying he's got it. He's been to therapy and celebrate recovery and all the rest, walking with the Lord. Then you're still separated. Then you start the couple work. And the first right. part of the couple work is him helping you heal from what he did to you. Mm. Mm. Now that confirms he gets it. Well, two yeah. or three months of that. Now we got something going on. Now we can build a new marriage. Right. That's fantastic. Yeah. Cause you know, we, in what we do, we work with a lot of couples who both of them usually want to be there. Mm-hmm. Not always, but a lot of them, that's, that's a, we get a lot of that. Um, and sometimes we get people who come to us who like were told by other you know counselors that they saw, probably not Christian ones, who said, "Oh, you all are too bad, and you all just probably need to get divorced." And they're so they're like, "Please tell me it's hope." But you know, I guess the the big question though is because we do have you just see a lot of dysfunction, a lot of anxieties, a lot of bad patterns, and all that. So you know, could you help everybody understand the difference between just being dysfunctional, someone who's might be you know that that learned bad patterns versus someone who's an abuser? It's a key distinction. We all can mistreat our spouses at times. Uh, yeah. Dysfunctional is the, the occasional action or word that's just thoughtless and hurtful. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if I'm a reasonably normal person, I am sorry for what I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll let, we will talk it through and I will change. The destructive abuser, oh, nothing like that. Uh, you know, I'm not sorry I did it. It's your fault anyway. We're not going to talk it out. Don't even talk, think about talking about it. I'll take your head off and mm-hmm. I'm going to keep on doing it. It never stops. It's a regular drumbeat pattern. It's going to happen today. It's going to happen the next 20 years if you, as my wife, let me do it. Yeah. So it's just night and day. If I hurt Sandy today with some stupid thing, I, I do a lot of talking and say things that probably shouldn't be said. And so <laughs> if she's offended, then that, that's a thing. I love her. We'll talk it through. And uh, I'm sorry. And you know what? You never say I'm sorry enough. I'm sorry four or five times and we talk it out. And, and Sandy being Sandy's very expressive. She has to talk it over several times. <laughs> okay, I got it. But, uh, and then I make the change because I love her. Yeah. Right. If she says I hurt her. I hurt her. The, the abuser will never accept that. Mm. You yeah. deserved it. 
And it can get really confusing for a lot of these wives because yeah. they start <laughs> believing, you know, they're being gaslighted and things like that. And they start mm-hmm. believing maybe it is me. And that gets really hard. And this, honestly, this topic is one of the most common questions. It's filled in so many of our emails. We even got three direct messages on Instagram about this very thing this morning before 10 a.m. And what we're hearing, you know, from women is they're they're sending this email and they're saying, my husband's in an affair. Some even like he lives with this woman and I'm still waiting for him to come home. Or, you know, he gaslights me all the time. He blames me for everything. He never changes. He's, you know, won't stop watching pornography. Mm -hmm. Like the list can go on and on. Puts his hands on me. Yeah. Yes. And so it's all about, and then you're thinking I can really help this woman. And then she ends up with her last statement is, but help me be less sarcastic, help me to not be so sensitive, you know, and they have so many concerns. They're so worried about being a godly wife, Mm -hmm. but they're not even having any concern whatsoever about the call on their husbands to be a godly man. Right. And the Bible is clear. The responsibility on the husband far greater than the wife. She Mm -hmm. has the responsibilities to love him, respect him, But the man, the standard, Ephesians 5.25, love your wife as Christ loved the church. I mean, for heaven's sake, that's the whole enchilada right there. But the church is often, as you know, many churches do a good job. Many churches do not. Mm -hmm. And she'll be encouraged to be a codependent and to keep loving him. And if you love him enough, well, then he'll change. That works with a decent guy. You don't have a decent guy. You have an abuser. It will never work. In fact, it feeds the abuse. He loves the fact that you're taking the blame and you're still trying. Now, there comes a point when you say, that's enough. And when by the time I see the ladies or work with them on the phone, my phone to buy sessions these days, do a lot of those, you know, it's been five years, 10 years, 15, 20, 25 years of trying everything else. Mm. Okay, let's stop that. Let's try something else. Yeah. And I have to get them, of course, emotionally strong enough to pull the trigger to actually leave him because it feels wrong to them. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and, you know, one of those emails from the other day, actually, the woman was 26 years into this abusive marriage. And once you go on for so long, then you've got an additional issue of I'm 26 years invested. I'm, I can't give up now. And so that becomes becomes difficult. And some of the other popular things we hear, aside from he's doing all this horrible stuff, but let me try to fix that one little nugget, you know, that I'm doing wrong. But we also hear a lot of women, they get stuck with, I'm just going to keep on praying. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, they think the solution is to pray more or to be, you know, more of a godly wife. And then they talk about, they don't want to break this covenant with God. They don't want to break the vow to God, but that this is not, I mean, isn't that husband already breaking that covenant? Like, isn't he already calling it quits on your marriage? And so there's not really a covenant at that point to be broken. So what would you say to the woman who's going, I'm going to disappoint God if I leave my husband, because I vowed to be here. I make a case, and I get, of course, I make it biblically. What Dave Clark says, you know, who cares? Uh, I <laughs> but the Bible, we stand on the Bible. Yes. And the Bible, I say, God not only is okay with you leaving, he wants you to leave. We see in the scripture time and time again, when you have an unrepentant sinner doing real damage, there's confrontation, there's attempts been made, and I'll tell you, you've done all that a million times, crying, praying, talking, he could care less. So now we follow scripture, and we get away from him. You get away. You, you leave the unrepentant sinner. He becomes a prior. You break the relationship. Not divorce, but separation, yes. And then, yes. then we see what he does. 
Boy, they, they fight that tooth and nail. And all the lies that you say, Jamie, they're, they're right there. Uh, you know, I can't make it financially without him. Well, yeah, maybe not today. Uh, right. But you, 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 you're going to have to circle the wagons and get help. This is America still. You can, you can do that in time. They think mm-hmm. it's better for the kids mm-hmm. to have an intact family. No, no, your kids are being destroyed too. Yeah. Right. Little boys are going to be just like him. They're going to be abusers and they're going to disrespect you. And the girls are going to date and marry men just like him. Right. That we're trying to prevent that. But yeah, there's a lot of resistance to it. Yeah, we were talking just in the car the other day about like persecution because some women think, well, you know, I kind of signed up for this. And Chris was saying how persecution was something that was it's done publicly and it's to honor God. It's to glorify God. It's to show him. And there's no way you're going to be behind closed doors. And if your father, if you think just in a a practical way of your own father, he's not going to stand there and allow your husband to hit on you, to curse you, to do all these things. And God is not getting any glory in that kind of persecution, right? He's he's grieved. Yeah, this is not suffering for Jesus. Trying to win the world for Christ and your next door neighbor, somebody you work with. Okay, different category entirely. Yeah. Yeah, God is not in favor of this kind of suffering. As if, I'll tell these ladies, I've got three wonderful daughters and a son, who was a surprise, but we kept him anyway. But the three daughters, <laughs> as, and they married godly men. Praise yes. God for that. But uh, if one of those daughters came to me and, and said, my husband is doing this and that and harming me, what would I do? Mm-hmm. I would do whatever it took to confront that guy and get my daughter away from that guy. Well, that's our Heavenly yes. Father. Yes, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah that's again, a I, loving thing. The track record is it's not whatever you're doing, ma'am, isn't working. It would have worked by now. You're yeah, actually right. feeding, feeding the codependent style feeds that abuser. He doesn't yes. care about you. Yeah, He'll be nice occasionally. Mm-hmm. He wants a physical relationship or wants to look good to other people. It never lasts. It never lasts. Yeah. And staying in an unhealthy marriage is due in for the name of Jesus is doing the exact opposite because what you're, we're supposed to show the world how Christ loves his church. Mm -hmm. And when what we're showing them, what they're, what we're modeling for them is an abusive, narcissistic, belittling relationship. We're doing a disservice to God and to the kingdom of God. We're called to be his ambassadors and represent him. And when we stay in this unhealthy marriage, just for the sake of the marriage covenant, we're actually harming the kingdom because we're representing God very inaccurately. Oh yeah, I couldn't agree more. Mm-hmm. So many pastors don't get it. They didn't get the training uh, in, in the seminary. This is still to this day not covered. Mm-hmm. And they'll tell the person, well, you, yeah, too bad. You've made your bed. You're just going to have to stay in it or it's not abuse. Or you have to submit. That's not what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. You do not submit to sin. You can right. it. You deal with it directly. So it's a whole mindset we have to change, but it's a beautiful thing. When a woman finally gets strong enough, she takes her kids, she leaves the peace. The physical benefits are amazing because the stress is killing her, breaking her down physically, emotionally, spiritually. It's a whole new life. And if the guy changes, great. But at that point, it's up to him. Her life is going in the right direction. And I think, sadly, a lot of women who are maybe hearing this for the first time that, look, what, that's that's unbiblical, that Mm -hmm. I'm not supposed to do that. And unfortunately, I think, like you're saying, a lot comes from the pulpit. It comes from church leaders who aren't being taught or the, you know, these things, these truths and Mm -hmm. are perpetuating this that are giving a bad rep, bad rap from Christ in his church, because that's Mm -hmm. the representation of our marriage. 
Almost every woman I talked to on the phone has gone to her pastor, explained the emotional abuse, and been disappointed. Mm-hmm. They'll, it's like an old boys club. They will side with the man in 98% of the cases. He gets wow. a pass. It's like, what, you, what Bible are you reading? Yeah. They don't have the guts to confront that guy. And maybe, or, and these guys shine in church. You've seen this. You know, mm-hmm. they're on the finance committee. Everybody loves them. Greatest guy in the world. Behind closed doors, different story. Right. When a woman talks to me, and I, I'm careful with my evaluation, but I believe, I say, I believe you. You, you are articulate. You love the Lord. You're giving me specific examples. I believe you. And they just break down crying because no one has believed them to that point. What's more, I got a plan. Not just get out, but it's going to take some time. Not going to happen tomorrow. But we have to get you strong, get the kids ready, a support team, a different church and pastor, hmm. um, obviously. But you know, we're, going to, we're going to get you out. And that's going to make all the difference. Yeah. And some of these pastors, they they can do this innocently, too, simply because I don't know how to handle this. So I'm just going to sweep it under the rug, which is something we all see in the counseling office. But it's that kind of behavior. It's like, I don't really know. And I'm not going to bother to stand up for truth and to find out. I'm just going to pass you on to a counselor or recommend somebody else in your life. And so they're not willing. And that's why I brought up that scripture with you, like you being out there going, this is not a popular truth. This is not a common stance. And you're going to get a lot of opposition. And I've heard you say, people get mad at me all the time and, and you don't care. And you can do that. You can say the hard things because you know, you're standing on truth. Mm -hmm. Right. And that is such a great message. Bring it on. That's right. I get a lot of negative feedback. You know mm-hmm. what? I, I'm, I can prove my case from the Bible. Right. You can't. Mm-hmm. They're going by tradition or what they were used to. And many of these pastors just aren't, they're not strong enough. Mm. Yeah. What the woman needs is an advocate. Yes. We're going to protect you. I'm going to call your husband and in front of you, call him down. We're going to have, we're going to have other elders and people hold him accountable. We're going to get him into where maybe that causes separation. We're going to, we're going to supply the money for that. They don't do any of that. Mm-hmm. Just keep loving him and, and pray harder. And, and, and frankly, leave me alone. Mm. Yeah, I don't want to bother with it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the hard part. No, that's it. Because look, we know that, you know, from, from your ministry, that you are for successful God honoring marriages. Mm-hmm. That that's, that's a, a big thrust, right? This, these marriages that honor God, that model God well. And if at all possible, you want them to succeed. We know that of you. And so I just, because I, because some people might think, get the wrong idea. I'm sure if you get this pushback um, and Jamie mentioned that, you know, you don't, advocate for divorce, uh, but they're trying to give this, this last chance, this, this chance for reconciliation. But some people might be confused. Why does it have to come to this in order for the, for that husband to have any chance to actually change versus this being the beginning of the end? That's a good question, Chris. I'll say to these ladies, you've tried everything else, the loving, the prayer, the pastor, Mm -hmm. the counselor, a, a million marriage books, uh, you know, marriage intensives, none, none of that has worked. But the real, and so we know this is this approach has not been effective. However, mm-hmm. I, I go to the Bible right away. Here's what the Bible teaches in your scenario. Yeah. We go to Matthew 18 and Romans 18. And we go to 1 Corinthians 5, this person in, in, that was causing such terrible, with his sexual sin, such terrible problems in the Corinthian church. The prescription was remove him from the body. Yes. And ignore him. That's strong. We yeah. have, of course, 1 Samuel 25. I'll, I'll read it to them. Abigail and Nabal. Back in that day, women had no rights of any kind, similar to the yeah. Middle East now. Mm-hmm. Nabal could have taken her out, 
cut her head off and no one would have said a word because she was just property. Well, God got her out of that abusive relationship. It's an extraordinary story. Mm. That's God saying, this is what I want for you. But to your point, Chris, again, this is, I'll say to them, look, I, and this is, I'm being honest here. I'm trying to save your abuser too. I absolutely am. Yeah. It's his shot. If you bump along like this, he ain't ever going to change. And there's going to be nothing left of you or your kids. And so many ladies are broken and they end up losing their kids. This is a chance for him to change and for the marriage to be saved. It's the only shot you've got. But with a bona fide abuser, they're not going to change any other way. Although say they will. They'll even offer lame apologies, but it doesn't mean anything. They haven't done any work. Yeah, and they have no incentive to change. Right. You know, and I personally came from an abusive marriage. I had a husband that I I actually put in prison for five years for assault. And, you know, I was with him since I was a teenager and we got married and he was pregnant and all of that. Not Because like you had mentioned, I came from that example. Right. I married my stepfather is what I did. Almost the exact same problems replicated. And so I'm in this relationship and telling myself the lies of, I'm never going to find anybody else. I'm always going to be alone and I can't make this on my own. But I will tell you when I had my child, it became different. And I'm, I'm spunky. I'm, I'm, I'm a spunky, you know, and, (laughs) and my husband at the time, he had actually kicked my dog. Oh my goodness. Something in me like that flipped a switch. That's like, if you do that to your dog, he will do that to your child. Yep. And it like, it just blew up all of those lies, all of the things I was so afraid of. And I was like, there's no way I will allow this for my children. And so that, that was me. And I, so that's another reason why I'm so passionate about the work that you do, because I would have loved to have had you before it ever came down to that. But there are lies, and you talk about this in your book, how there are lies that women tell themselves, but you also talk about sometimes there's a whole pack of lies. Why do you think these women are telling themselves these lies? Like there's got to be a benefit in like deceiving themselves, right? Yeah, it's, it's just a form of massive denial. Mm. Now, it is familiar to them. Abuse is often familiar because just like with you, you know, uh, Tammy, there, there was abuse in the past. Any unresolved abuse, if I grew up watching my dad beat my mom or treat her like garbage and she took it and I'm the girl, I'm not my daughter. Okay, well, that's that's what a that's guy's normal. like. Well, well, I have nothing to compare it to. And so I have, but, but the church helps in the denial, but I don't want to get divorced. And I, it's easier because frankly, the, the route that we're recommending, I'm recommending enough is enough. It's a hard route. It's yeah. not easy. A lot of hard work, have to face the truth, going to have to leave, going to have to build a new life. I, I don't really, I'd rather not do that. Why not just pray in these other things, part of a denial and coping? And that's just easier. Of course, it won't work. Right. You're destroyed. And I'll tell them too, if you're not going to leave for yourself, leave for your kids. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they'll already start to see that lack of respect. If you allow disrespect from your husband, your kids are going to do the same mm-hmm. thing to you. Mm-hmm. And so that relationship is shattered. When ladies leave after 35, 40 years, it's still the right thing to do, but then a lot of them have to have to spend time reconnecting and winning back their adult children because yes. they've turned on them. There's no respect there. Right. They've sided with the abuser mm-hmm. and the new floozy he's with. They're thinking, right. you've got to be kidding me. I said, you know, you, it's okay. We're going to make it through this. I'd rather you would have left earlier. God would too, but you know what? It's okay. You're out. You're free. Let's play the long game and they can win those kids back, I think. Yeah. And I think that's one of the lies in itself that you mentioned is they tell themselves it's easier. It's easier just to pray. It's easier to tolerate this and all that. But the reality is it's not. 
it's not easier. It, it is a hard road. It is really hard to get to that point of enough is enough and to go through all those changes like you mentioned. But honestly, if you ask me what's harder is staying miserably married and losing the entirety of yourself for 30 years. It you is know, worse. It's because that's what happens. A never-ending nightmare. Yeah, lots of these marriages turn out in a way where, you know, they tolerate it and they do all of these things. And what usually happens in the end? The, the guy ends up leaving, right? He finds somebody else. He Eventually, moves on. Exactly. Yeah. You're, you're dumped or you're just so broken up, you know, that it doesn't make any difference. Yeah. yeah. It is a lot harder. Yeah. But, if, but they convince themselves, well, God, but God, I, I've had people tell me the last resort is, well, God told me. Classic Christian coping. Well, God told me. My response is, no, he didn't. And yeah. I, I tell you why. I'm reading the Bible. He doesn't contradict his word ever. That's he is right. telling you just the opposite. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he wants you out. Yeah, so, so let's go ahead and smack down some of these lies that, that women will believe as well. The, you know, maybe they have too much empathy for him. Well, he's only this way because of his childhood, because he's stressed out, because of whatever. Like, wh what do you tell that woman who's like, he's only this way, who gives them the free out? Yeah, I, I don't care. If I'm running you over with my truck every day, it doesn't matter why I'm doing that. I don't understand the pedals. Well, who cares? I am crushing you. Yeah. So that's bogus. Plus, this guy can make the choice to work on his past. Many, yes. millions of people have. He's choosing not to do that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's bogus. I don't care what his childhood's been like. He's a grown man. He's able to make the choice. And it doesn't make any difference because he's destroying you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what about the woman who's like, but he loves me. He, he is a good man sometimes, but he really loves me. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. Not on, at any biblical standard. You, you show me, you know, this is the true meaning of love. Absolute sacrifice and meeting needs. I would do anything for my wonderful blonde, Sandy. You mm -hmm. name it. She's, she's my woman within reason. Yeah. Whatever she wants. So, yeah, they, their definition of love is just they're living in a fantasy world. Yeah. It's the image of what they like it to be. And, you know, even a blind squirrel finds an acorn. If he gives you a rose once every five years for your anniversary, who cares? Right. And then, of course, then they'll say, I had a lady just the other day say, oh, but I love him so dearly. Mm. I say, no, you don't. No, you don't. You think you do. Mm -hmm. You're loving the image, the fantasy. Yeah. Right. You're, you're codependent. I say, I want to get you a T-shirt that says on the front, I'm a codependent. On the back, please help me. <laughs> and I'm helping her. <laughs> yeah. I said, well, yeah. we're going to get you out of that. We are going to get you out of the codependency. Yes, we are. Yeah. And to that point, if you really loved him, you would hold these boundaries and hold those consequences because that kind of hard love, that tough love you talk about, that's what gives him. That's the kindest thing you can do for that man if you love him is let show him the error of his ways, highlight the sin he is walking with and make him, you know, suffer the consequences of his actions. That's loving him. Oh, I couldn't agree more. That's that tough love. It's the best mm -hmm. thing for him. This weak, passive, beat me like a drum sort of love, that's not love at all. No, it's right. not. I, I, you might appreciate this. this is a, it's a good companion volume to Enough is Enough. If women are really codependent and stuck in those lies, this self-published book I've just released, 20 Lies That Keep You With Your Abuser, will oh, really so dig down deep. I'm going to send that one to you. I think you'd like that. Yeah, oh, yeah. that is so great. It's a, it's yeah. a great kind of a one-two, kind of a prequel, and it really helps them get out of that codependent mindset. 
That is so great. And one thing I love about your book too is you talk about how you recognize you're not expecting anybody to, unless it's physical abuse, to like pack your bags, be gone by the time he gets home. You allow lots of opportunity for them to sit in the truth, for them to make this a process. And if they, because there's a lot of them that are moms that are are stay-at-home moms and it's kind of, where am I going to go? What am I going to do? Yeah, you encourage, like, take your time. We can do this. But what's important is that you're moving forward in it. And you're, you're, no, you're making a decision. I am not going to tolerate this anymore. Right. They can, and they can, they can do small things that build up to big things. It might take them a year. It might take them a year and a half. Yeah. Job, support team, get emotionally strong, get rid of the lies. But you're on the way. You can see the light. And that mm-hmm. is the, the encouraging thing, the hope. I'm going to get out of this. And don't yeah. worry. He's not changing in the meantime. <laughs> Forget that. <laughs> this is about you changing and moving on. Yeah. yeah. And getting ready for the onslaught because once you leave him, man, Katie, bar the door. If he's a door to buy dirt ball, not going to change, he'll bring a nightmare. Character assassination, the financial stuff. That's why the preparation is so important to get ready for that. Mm. Yeah. He'll just confirm you did the right thing by leaving it, but frankly. Right. Yeah. And that's what we'll tell a lot of women is like when he starts amping up, that's affirmation. Right. That, oh. Don't let it throw you. Don't be blindsided because he is going to do this. It's like a it's no different than a three year old who you tell they can't have the candy bar at Walmart. When the checkout line, you mm-hmm. will see them drop to the ground and level up because they're trying to gain, regain that control. And you're scaring the heck out of them when you start taking it. Oh, they, that's the one thing the narcissist cannot stand they, and to look bad and to lose control. Ooh, yeah. he'll, he'll, he'll make sure you look bad. He'll tell the whole world in the, I came back home and, and my wife was gone. I had no idea. He won't cover the fact of all the horrible abuse he's given her and the fact that she asked him to change a million times. No, he won't cover that. No, but you no. know the truth and God knows the truth. You're gotten your kids ready, your friends, you're going to be fine. Yeah. yeah. So, so what do you tell and wrapping this up a little bit, where do women start? If a woman is listening to this and which, by the way, we're talking a lot about women here. We all understand that this happens to men too, mm-hmm. but statistically it's happening to women way more. And I think kind of my own personal opinion here, nothing scientifically based. I think it doesn't happen to men as much because men just leave. Men, men tend to just, you know, they won't take it. Yeah, they'll just go. They'll go. And so a man can certainly find value in this information, too. It would be the exact same. You'd still recommend the book, you know, for a man. It would be the same thing. You just need to change change the verbiage there a little bit. But, you know, where do they start in this book if they're listening and they're going, oh, my gosh, this is me. This is my marriage. What what do you tell them? Yeah, I just say start the journey. Every journey starts with a step. Mm. I say, read the book with an open mind and prayerfully and see if it resonates and if God is speaking to you through the book. And of course, it's filled with the Bible. I think it will resonate with you. And then, and then we'll start a process. I'm not an ongoing therapist anymore, but I know everybody in this area. And uh, Focus on the Family has a list. And so we'll, we'll get you to an ongoing therapist. I just kind of get them going. And we're going to get you strong enough. We're going to work through the lies. going to get you get rid of the codependency. So it's a whole step-by-step plan. And if they really feel stuck, like I say, then we'll circle back. And I got the 20 lies book now that will really get drilled deeper into the codependency yes. and get them stronger. So it's going to take time, going to take months anyway, but that's okay. Yeah. We've got to convince them that they have to start. Right. And I also love that I'm going to throw this out there is that you also have a book for the husband who does go, you know what? I get it. 
I need to change. You've got a book to help men like win their spouse back, win their wife back, right? We've sold a lot of those. God's so gracious, which is encouraging to me because those guys, I think, mean business. Yeah, I destroyed my marriage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I have have very subtle titles, very sweet, subtle (laughs) titles. Yeah, you got to guess what they're about. (laughs) That's right. But it's a step-by-step process. If you're serious, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and I'll tell a guy if he calls in, what can I do? My wife's left me. I said, buy the book. If I never hear back, okay, dirtball. But if he if he calls back, we'll start to do a few sessions of work, and I'll refer him on. There's a whole list of things he can do, and I've had men do it, and that's yeah. what we want. God yes. love. We're all on the comeback trail. We're all sinners. Just oh, yeah. you sin. I don't care what it is. You'll be a yeah. mass murderer or, or an abuser, whatever, whatever you are. You know, pornography, whatever. If you confess and you get in the right track, God loves you, forgives you, and you can win your spouse back. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Love that he's big on redemption. And love that you offer step by step. It's practical. Mm-hmm. It's not just theoretical. It's like, okay, well, yeah, I'm supposed to do this thing, but I don't know how to do it. You actually lay it out. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I love telling people what to do. That's what I do. Very <laughs> specifically. Counselors yeah. are mammy pammy, and you're not that way, I know, but it's, oh, well, what, what do you think about that? Look, you're, they're paying me money. I'll tell you exactly what to do. I'll work you, I'll work you through the obstacles. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my training was, you know, was non-directed, which is not me. I got rid of that in the first couple of years of therapy. Yes. <laughs> you get it? And working with couples, they will run you over like a truck unless you've yes. got a plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I have a very specific, all my books are manuals, very specific, because I know it works. I love that. And I think women in this vulnerable position, they, they're not thinking clearly. Mm-hmm. They True. need, they, they can't think about what to do when all that. And so it is here. Step one, do this, then do this next. And I think it is so good. So I want to close actually on something from your book, but first I want to make sure all these women or whoever needs you knows where to find you. And so you've got a great website. You can go to David E. Clark, PhD.com. And like he's saying, he's got so many great books. You'll know if you need it by reading the title, which is fantastic. And and so you want to check out his podcast. You want to check him out on YouTube. But one of the things I love that you do is you've got your advice line. And that is for the woman who's like, it's not counseling or anything like that. It's you get to call him up and go, this is what's happening. And he will help you step by step. Here's where you're at. Here's the truth. What do you need to do? Don't call if you don't want to hear the truth. Don't call if you don't want help. (laughs) You have to be ready to go. Just help me. You need to know that you're not going to stay where you're at anymore. And so take advantage of that advice line. We're going to have all these links in our show notes so you can grab that. But go check out his his website. Go check out his YouTube and his podcast, which is called I Don't Want a Divorce, which is how for marriage, for healthy marriage you are. But here's what I want to close on. And this is from your book. And I think this is such a great word of biblical hope. Um, And it's from 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 9. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed perplexed, but not despairing, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. You are afflicted by your abuser, but you're still standing. You are perplexed by your abuser, but not hopeless. You're certainly persecuted by your abuser, but not forsaken by God. You are struck down by your abuser, but you are still alive and kicking. Your abuser cannot destroy you unless you stay and allow it. You can choose to take action, follow my campaign, remove yourself from the abuse, and live a new life of freedom and happiness. Mm. And to that, 
Amen. Amen and amen. Well, this is and- this is great writing. Of course, the Bible. Stands- <laughs> <laughs> yes. but Lydia, that's it's powerful that's why the word is just life-giving yes and that's God talking the to you, these ladies he's talking to them yes amen and the way you personalize that for them I think reading just that verse the way you wrote it after that's a light bulb moment for a lot of women to oh, know so. what God really is for and what he's really about and it's never if God is standing in the room with a man treating you poorly which he is he is not for it. He is not for it. So Dr. Clark, we just thank you profusely for the work that you do, the marriages you save, and the women that you advocate for. And you're giving these men the best shot they can have. And that's the most loving thing you can do. And so I'm grateful you're not the Mamsie Pamsy counselor <laughs> who sits back, you know? You're advocating for truth. You're saying the hard things, even when the church is getting it wrong. And so we are so grateful that you spent your time with us today and are sharing to our audience. I know they're going to love it. And I know I'm going to be sending out this episode left and right in our emails and in our DMs on Instagram. So we greatly appreciate you spending time with us today. Thank you so much, Chris and Jamie. Thank you for your ministry. It is powerful. And God is using you. We're kindred spirits. We are on the same page. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.